0: Hey ladies, how you doing out there, you gangsters and you senior citizens of the world? I just want to let you know that I'm here. I'm starting my new podcast with Anchor. It's free, so I thought, why not give it a try? There's creation tools there that allow you to edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute my podcast, so it will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, at home, during the coronavirus epidemic. This is where we're going to be. So, it's a mandatory call to action that we... Take Anchor. This is Martin Luther King Ladies at the National trouble. Conference of New Politics.
1: Can you hear me in the back? I don't know if the Klan is in here tonight or not with all the trouble we're having with these Seldom, if ever, has we're still working with it. As I was about to say, seldom, if ever, has such a diverse and uh, truly ecumenical gathering convened under the aegis of politics in our nation. I want to commend the leadership of the National Conference on New Politics for all of the great work that they have done in making this significant convention possible. In by our nature, we affirm that something new is taking place on the American political horizon. We have come here from the dusty plantations of the deep south and the depressing ghettos of the north. We have come from the great universities and the flourishing suburbs. We have come from Appalachian poverty and from conscience-stricken wealth, but we have come we have come here because we shared a common concern for the moral health of our nation. We have come because our eyes have seen through the superficial glory and glitter of our society and observed the coming of judgment. Like the prophet of old, we have read the handwriting on the wall We have seen our nation weighed in the balance of history and found wanting. We have come because we see this as a dark hour in the affairs of men. For most of us, this is a new moon. We are traditionally the idealists. We are the marchers from Mississippi and Selma and Washington who staked our lives on the American dream during the first half of this decade. Many assembled here campaigned deciduously for Lyndon Johnson in 1964 because we could not stand idly by and watch our nation contaminated by the 18th century policies of Goldwaterism. We were the hardcore activists who were willing to believe that Southerners could be reconstructed in the constitutional image. We were the dreamers of a dream. That dark yesterdays of man's inhumanity to man would soon be transformed into bright tomorrows of justice. Now it is hard to escape the disillusionment of betrayal. Our hopes have been blasted, and our dreams have been shattered. The promise of a great society was shipwrecked. Off the coast of Asia, on the dreadful peninsula of Vietnam, the poor, black and white, the poor, black and white are still perishing on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. What happens a dream deferred. It leads to bewildering frustration and corroding bitterness. I came to see this in a personal experience here in Chicago last summer. And all the speaking that I have done in the United States before varied audiences, including some hostile whites, The only time that I have ever been booed was one night in our regular weekly mass meeting by some angry young men of our movement. I went home that night with an ugly feeling, selfishly I thought of my sufferings and sacrifices over the last 12 years, why would they boo one so close to them? But as I lay awake thinking, I finally came to myself. And I could not for the life of me have less impatience patience and understanding for those young men. For 12 years, I and others like me had held out radiant promises of progress. I had preached to them about my dream. I had lectured to them about the not too distant day when they would have freedom all here and now. Amen. I had urged them to have faith in America and in white society. Their hopes had soared. They were now booing me because they felt that we were unable to live on our promises. They were booing because we had urged them to have faith in people who had too often proved to be unfaithful. They were now hostile because they were watching the dream that they had so readily accepted turn into a frustrating nightmare. This situation is all the more ominous in view of the rising expectations of men the world over deep rumblings that we hear today, the rumbling of discontent, is the thunder of disinherited masses rising from dungeons of oppression to the bright hills of freedom. All over the world, like a fever, freedom is spreading in the widest liberation movement in history. The great masses of people are determined to end the exploitation of their races and lands. And in one majestic chorus, they are singing in the words of our freedom song, Ain't gonna let nobody turn us around. so the collision course is set. The people cry for freedom, and the Congress attempts to legislate repression. Millions, yes, billions, are appropriated for mass murder. But the most meager pittance of foreign aid for international development is crushed in the surge of reaction. Unemployment rages at a major depression level in the black ghettos. But the bipartisan response is an anti-riot bill rather than a serious poverty program. The modest proposals for a model city's rent supplement and rat control, pitiful as they were to begin with, get caught in the maze of congressional inaction. And I submit to you tonight that a Congress that proves to be more anti-negro than anti-rat needs to be dismissed. Our legislative assemblies have adopted Nero as their patron saint and are bent on fiddling while our cities burn. Even when the people persist and in the face of great obstacles develop indigenous leadership and self-help approaches to their problems and finally tread the forest of bureaucracy to obtain existing government funds. The corrupt political order seeks to crush even this beginning of hope. The case of CDGM in Mississippi is the most publicized example, but it is a story repeated many times across our nation. Our own experience here in Chicago especially painfully present after an enthusiastic approval by H.E.W.'s Department of Adult Education, SCLC began an adult literacy project to aid 1,000 young men and women who have been pushed out of overcrowded ghetto schools in obtaining basic basically literacy skills prerequisite to receiving jobs. We had an agreement with a and Stores for 750 jobs through SCLC's job program, Operation Breadbasket, and had recruited over 500 pupils the first week. At that point, Congressman Kaczynski and the Daily Machine intervened and demanded that Washington cut off our funds or channel them through the machine control poverty program in Chicago. Now we have no problem with administrative supervision, but we do have a desire to be independent of machine control and the Democratic Party patronage network. For this desire for a politically independent approach to the needs of our brothers, our funds are being stopped as of September 15th, and a very meaningful program discontinued. Yes, the hour is dark. Evil comes forth in the guise of good. It is a time of double talk, when men in high places have a high blood pressure of deceptive rhetoric and an anemia of concrete performance. We crowd against well fair handouts to the poor, but generously approve an oil depletion allowance to make the rich richer. Six Mississippi plantations receive more than a million dollars a year not to plant cotton, but no provision is made to feed the tenant farmer who is put out of work by the government subsidy. The crowning achievement in hypocrisy must go to those staunch Republicans and Democrats of the Midwest and West who were given land by our government when they came here as immigrants from Europe. They were given education through the land-grant colleges. They were provided with agricultural agents to keep them abreast of farming trends. They were granted low-interest loans to aid in the mechanization of their farms. And now that they have succeeded in becoming successful, they are paid not to farm. And these are the same people who now say to black people whose ancestors were brought to this country in chains, and who were emancipated in 1863 without being given land to cultivate or bread to eat, that they must pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. What what they truly advocate is socialism for the rich and capitalism for the poor. I wish that I could say that this is just a passing phase in the cycle of our nation's life, certainly times of war, times of reaction throughout the society. But I suspect that we are now experiencing the coming to the surface of a triple pronged sickness that has been lurking within our body politic from its very beginning. That is the sickness of racism, excessive materialism and militarism. Not only is this our nation's dilemma, it is the plague of western civilization. As early as 1906, W.B. E. Du Bois prophesied that the problem of the 20th century will be the problem of the color line. Now, as we stand two-thirds into this crucial period of history, we know full well that racism is still that hound of hell which dogs the tracks of our civilization. Ever since the birth of our nation, white America has had a schizophrenic personality on the question of race. She has been torn between selves a self in which she proudly professed the great principles of democracy and a self in which she madly practiced the antithesis of democracy. This tragic duality has produced a strange indecisiveness and ambivalence toward the Negro, causing America to take a step backward simultaneously with every step forward on the question of racial justice, to be at once attracted to the Negro and repelled by him, to love and to hate him. There has never been a solid, unified, and determined thrust to make justice a reality for Afro-Americans. The Step backward has a new name today. It is called the White Backlash. But the White Backlash is nothing new. It is the surfacing of old prejudices, hostilities, and ambivalences that have always been there. It was caused neither... It was caused neither by the cry of black power, nor by the unfortunate recent wave of riots in our cities. The white backlash of today is rooted in the same problem that has characterized America ever since the black man landed in chains on the shores of this nation. This does not imply that all white Americans are racist. Far from it, many white people have, through a deep moral compulsion, fought long and hard for racial justice, nor does it mean that America has made no progress in her attempt to cure the body politic of the disease of racism, or that the dogma of racism has not been considerably modified in recent years. However, for the good of America, it is necessary to refute the idea that the dominant ideology in our country, even today, is freedom and equality, while racism is just an occasional departure from the norm on the part of a few bigoted extremists. Racism can well be that corrosive evil that would bring down the curtain on Western civilization. Arnold Tornby has said that some 26 civilizations have risen upon the face of the earth. Almost all of them have descended into the junk heaps of destruction. The decline and fall of these civilizations, according to Tornby, was not caused by external invasions, but by internal decay. They fail to respond creatively to the challenges impinging upon them. If America does not respond creatively to the challenge to banish racism, some future historian will have to say that a great civilization died because it lacked the soul and commitment to make justice a reality for all men. The second aspect of our afflicted society is extreme materialism. An Asian writer has portrayed our dilemma in candid terms. He says, you call your thousand material devices labor-saving machinery. Yet you are forever busy with the multiplying of your machinery. You grow increasingly fatigued, anxious, nervous, dissatisfied. Whatever you have, you want more. Wherever you are, you want to go somewhere else. Your devices are neither time-saving nor soul-saving machinery. There are so many sharp spurs which urge you on to invent more machinery and to do more business. This tells us something about our civilization that cannot be cast aside as a prejudice charge by an Eastern thinker who is jealous of Western prosperity. We cannot escape the indictment. This does not mean that we must turn back the clock of scientific progress. No one can overlook the wonders that science has wrought for our lives. The automobile will not abdicate in favor of the horse and buggy are the train in favor of the stagecoach, are the tractor in favor of the hand plow, are the scientific method in favor of ignorance and superstition. But our moral lag must be redeemed. When scientific power outruns moral power, we end up with guided missiles and misguided men. To foolishly maximize the minimum and minimize the maximum, we sign the warrant for our own day of doom. It is this moral lag in thing-oriented society that blinds us to the human realities around us and encourages us in the greed and exploitation which create the sector of poverty in the midst of wealth. Again, we have deluded ourselves into believing the myth that capitalism grew and prospered out of the Protestant ethic of hard work and sacrifice. The fact is that capitalism was built on the exploitation and suffering of black slaves. to thrive on the exploitation of the poor, both black and white, both here and abroad. If Negroes and poor whites do not participate in the free flow of wealth within our economy, they will forever be poor, giving their energy, their talents, and their limited funds to the consumer market but reaping few benefits and services in return. The way to end poverty is to end the exploitation of the poor. Ensure them, ensure them a fair share of the government's services and the nation's resources. I propose recently that a national agency be established to provide employment for everyone needing it. Nothing is more socially inexcusable than unemployment in this age. In the thirties, when the nation was bankrupt, it instituted such an agency, the WPA. In the present conditions of a nation flooded with resources, it is barbarous to condemn people desiring work to soul-sapping inactivity and poverty. I am convinced that even this one massive act of concern would do more than all the state police and armies of the nation to quell riots and still hatreds. The tragedy is that our materialistic culture does not possess the statesmanship necessary to do it. Victor Hugo could have been thinking of 20th century America when he wrote There's always more misery among the lower classes than there is humanity in the higher classes. The time has come for America to face the inevitable choice between materialism and humanism. We must devote at least as much to our children's education and the health of the poor as we do to the care of our automobiles and the building of beautiful, impressive hotels. We must also realize that the problems of racial injustice and economic injustice cannot be solved without a radical redistribution of political and economic power. We must further recognize that the ghetto is a domestic colony. Black people must develop programs that will aid in the transfer of power and wealth into the hands of residents of the ghettos so that they may in reality control their own destinies. This is a meaning of new politics. People of goodwill in the larger community must support the black man in this effort. The final phase of our national sickness is the disease of militarism. Nothing more clearly demonstrates our nation
0: The most eloquent man to ever speak on behalf of black people. I don't usually do this but I No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not ready to speak. Oh, but I want to. This is definitely a message from a dead soldier to the President of the United States and to all politicians here and for. Thank you, Dr. Martin Luther King. Love you. So right now we're going on attack one of our soldiers for black human decency treatment one of our princes of journalism Roland Martin has something to say and I think everyone should hear it because it's real It's now. It's important. So, I usually don't speak before I record because I don't feel that my opinion is always the most important thing. And a lot of people have already said what needs to be said. It just basically need someone to hear it that's why I like the podcast so but this time it's so important that us as black people get out here and vote for the right person to be in office before we all die from coronavirus or anything else or black lives matter rallies or trump rallies or protests or just the police putting their knees on our necks again, you know, and I'm not just talking about it, I've been about it, I've been through it, I've been through the riots, I've had the police do me just like Rodney King, Uh, you name it, I've been through it, and I'm a little, tiny, uh, old black woman, so just imagine what they've done to bigger people and more aggressive people than myself throughout the years and how many times I came this close to being lynched or raped again or you know so I listened to the stories and the the things and the plights of people like John Lewis Martin Luther King, Malcolm X Angela Davis and Tupac Shakur and journalists like roland martin and comedians like dave chappelle and kevin Hart and and it's like wow we're still going through the same thing over and over again and it keeps telling the same stories but just a different way and now they want you to listen to it so now we're gonna make it funny but it's not funny and uh this is my proof
2: you want to support Rollin' Unfiltered, be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's <laughs> only one the daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. as Rollin' Unfiltered. Support the roller Unfiltered Daily Digital Show by going to Rollin'MarkerUnfiltered.com. You can make this possible. Uh, I'm gonna play this video, y'all. This was four years ago. This was four years ago. And I want you to listen to what I said. Four years ago, shortly after these idiots put Donald Trump in the White House. Let's get right to uh, the issue at hand. Y'all have already been talking about it. We've been discussing it right here on TV one after yesterday's despicable news conference by President Donald Trump I was in my car uh trying to decide what is it that I wanted to listen to uh, to put into proper context my feelings about what we heard and I thought back uh to the first black woman elected from the south since reconstruction a uh, congresswoman Barbara Jordan of Houston here's what she had to say in 1973
3: at the Watergate hearings earlier today we heard the beginning of the preamble to the Constitution of the United States. We the people. It's a very eloquent beginning. (laughs) But when that document was completed on the 17th of September in 1787, I was not included in that we the people. I felt somehow for many years that George Washington and Alexander Hamilton just left me out by mistake. But through the process of amendment, interpretation and court decision I have finally been included in we the people today I am an inquisitor and hyperbole would not be fictional and would not overstate the solemnness that I feel right now my faith in the Constitution is whole it is complete and I am not going to sit here and be an idle spectator to the diminution the subversion the destruction of the Constitution. Simple, just like
2: Congresswoman Barbara Jordan, I will not be an idle spectator to avoid white supremacists sitting in the White House. I will not be an idle spectator to see Donald Trump walk in the footsteps of Republican Herbert Hoover who led the Lily White movement when he was president from 1929 to 1933. I will not sit idly by to see Donald Trump act like Democrat uh, Woodrow Wilson, one of the most violent races we've ever had served in the office of the president. The fact of the matter, yesterday's news conference was shameful. It was despicable. It was hypocritical. Was- I am giving the middle finger to black people, to Jews, to Hispanics, to Asians, to women, to white people of conscience. This is a president who has no shame. He is an immoral leader. Now, I know some people out there will say, well, he was elected. But yes, but guess what? Wilson was elected. So was Hoover was elected and other races who have served in that particular White House. What this man has done by lining himself with neo-Nazis and with white supremacists is shameful and should not go unchecked. But it's not just a question of going unchecked. We must do more than simply tweet and comment on Facebook. This is a challenge. This is a declaration of war. Tom, for 398 years, black folks have been fighting this country to ensure that it lives up to its ideals. For 398 years, we've made it perfectly clear we're not going to sit idly by and allow ourselves to be embarrassed and run over in shame by white supremacists. This is the 190th anniversary of the first black newspaper, Freedom's Journal, which was founded in March 1827 in their lead editorial they wrote we wish to plead our own cause too long have others spoken for us this is a moment where we don't need anybody else to speak for us, we can speak with clarity and with precision as to exactly what is required of us and what this requires, it requires alphas and kappas and omegas and sigmas, iotas, a.k.a.s deltas, zetas, sigma gamma rho, the links, it requires the-
0: the, Crips, bloods
2: me by me, it requires people of conscience to stand up whether you are bougie, whether you are grassroots, whether you are in, with, 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 no matter where you are, it requires black, black Panthers,
0: Black Lives Matter.
2: to oppose
0: any effort to go back to the days
2: of Jim Crow. To go back to the
0: days after Reconstruction. Everybody has to, to stand up, up right now.
2: the lily white movement, my white folks as well in this country on the Republican
0: Old, side, young, black, before, white, brown, happened, green, yellow, red, black. blue. So that means
2: for folks to stand up and mobilize and organize
0: it means what that did I say the
2: ballot box I don't care who you are I don't want to hear anybody say my vote does not matter because when you see a white supremacist at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue all you need is the only proof you need to show your vote does indeed matter what that means is we need people in Virginia and Tennessee and Mississippi and Alabama and Texas
0: and Compton and Watts and in in Los Angeles and Vegas. and
4: Wisconsin and in- Michigan
0: and I'm sorry to say Is enough. enough. I need all the riders, Majestic Lowriders, Watts Riders, Riders for Life, all the riders to ride. Let's go. Pick up somebody, take them to the pole. Let's go. You have a lowrider, you got two cars. Let's go. This is Cadillac DD, First Lady of the Majestic Lowriders, Compton and Watts, calling all cars. Let's go
2: who stands in our path I will not stand idly by and listen to Donald Trump anymore I will not listen to a man who is an immoral leader I will not listen to anybody whether they're really a black republican who agrees with him
0: who voted Paris Denard him. and you will be name checked
2: you will be embarrassed and you will not be invited to anything that involves black people it's time for us to call people out. It is time for us to realize that we cannot wait. In 2018, we're going to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Dr. King being assassinated. We're going to focus on the 50th anniversary of the Kerner Commission's report on the race rise in 1967. Do understand, this as a moment where people are going to have to decide whose side they are on. Are you on the side of righteousness? Are you on the side of bigotry? Are you on the side of just people? Or are you on the side of white supremacy? There is not going to be any any effort to say I can stand on either one. And I don't care who you are, if you are a Republican or Democrat, you have been served notice. Mm-hmm. If you stand with this man, if you support white nationalist policies, we are going to take you out at the ballot box
0: and put, put you, on you on the seat. black list.
2: Going to be buried today. She is a twenty-first century version of Violet
0: Black Lyon, list a woman
2: from Michigan who died trying to help black folks to vote. This is not a black thing, or Hispanic thing, or Asian thing. It's a conscious thing. This is a battle for the soul of America. And like the Tuskegee Airmen said, we'll fight to the last hour, to the last minute, to the last second. We will fight, fight, fight. Number
0: 45. The fight is on number 45. With that being said, this is Cadillac Dede of the Majestic Lowrider from Compton and Watts. Compton and Watts representing, and I am calling all riders, calling all riders to the voting polls. Listen, if they don't let you vote by mail, go get your granny, go get your auntie, go get your uncle, go pick them up. You got two cars riders, majestic low riders, um, Watts Life riders, um, Brown Lives riders. All of you. Have more than one car. Because if you have a lowrider, you got a regular car. And I know you're This is me, Cadillac Deedee Dee of the Majestic Lowriders. Listen. It's time to ride. I'm calling all riders. One, two, three. Calling all riders. One, two, three. Let's go. Listen to Roland. Pick up somebody. Take them to the poll. Help them vote. If everybody picks up one person or one person gets 10 people to go, we can do this. Just 10 people? Come on. If you're a rider, if you're in a car club, you know 10 people. Knock it off. Let's do this. Trump out. Trump out. Trump out. Trump out.
2: At 16 Pennsylvania Avenue, all you need is the only proof you need to show your vote does indeed matter. What that means is we need people in Virginia, in Tennessee, in Mississippi, in Alabama, in Texas, in Georgia, in Florida, in Illinois, in California, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania to say enough is enough. For millennia, it's been used in holy consecrations, baptisms, and to cast out Negro fraternities and sororities and black professional organizations. He specifically said that the black press must maintain its militancy and not fall to the conservative. And that, and that really is the fundamental problem. That's really where we are right now. See, that's why I'm not playing games when it comes to these folk, when it comes to spending dollars with black on media. I'm not accepting pennies on the dollar. No, I want the whole damn dollar. Come on. And so at some point, this is the moment when black folks have got this generation. Reese, this generation has got to have the damn courage that their mamas and daddies and grandmothers and grandfathers had. Otherwise, these folk will run over us if we don't. Listen, Rolling. I have stomped
5: a hole in anybody that has come for Kamala Harris, Democrat or Republican. I went to war with Chris Dodd, Edward Dell, David Axelrod. I am never scared. And if I could go to war with Democrats and rip their ass apart, You can better believe when it comes to these Republicans, I'm about to tap that ass for the next 80 days and however long it takes to get these motherfuckers out of office. And so we have to stop with the civility. We have to stop with the and words. We have to stop with kowtowing and the buck dancing and being afraid to call it what it is, that same energy that people have and going against the black folks, the people like the CBC members, or Senator Kamala Harris, who's making history now, can't take that energy towards Mitch McConnell. Take that energy towards Donald Trump. Take that energy towards the first master general. We have the ability to get outraged. We have the ability to go to war. But unfortunately, we spend so much time going to war with the people that we need to be joining arms with. At least for the next 83 days. Whatever problem you have or whoever the hell you have a problem with in the Democratic Party, you got to set that aside because these Republicans are ruthless and we have to be even more ruthless. We have to ruffle even more feathers. We have to shake the table like we haven't shaken it before. And we got to right. take the, the the energy towards those who will keep their foots on our necks. And if we do not right. win in November, right. we are we are done. We are done. Right. And I know Dr. Carr said that this, you know, he's 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 fine to see this American experiment kind of go a certain way. I don't have that in the face, Dr. Car about what's <laughs> on the other side of that. So for me, I'm trying to see us get back to where we need to get to. And make sure that we take out the people that need to be taken out. And that's Donald Trump and all his cronies. And
2: Erica, here's the deal: I got white yes. folks who watch the show who actually send money in. I need them to have the <laughs> same courage. There's a reason in that commentary I mentioned Viola Liuzzo. There's a reason I can mention James Reed. There's a reason because there were white folks who died during the Black Freedom Movement, and white and we, we've seen. White folks of courage out in these streets dealing with Black Lives Matter. But this is the moment where, like I keep saying, you can't, this can't be close. Mm -mm. This this election cannot be close. Donald Trump and the Republican Party, they already plan to sue. Already, no, no, you got to beat his ass by 500,000 votes in Florida, and in Texas, and in Georgia. You gotta beat him by 500,000. It, like my man said in Remember the Titans, Herman, leave no doubt. That's right. That's right. And you know, honestly,
6: what you and Reese said, I mean, it's time to pass the collection plate. Listen, this is war, right? Roland has said it, Reese has laid it out, and I'm sure Dr. Carr is going to really kind of put uh, the icing on the cake, but this is war. And for the amount of time, and I have to continue to go back to this because honestly, it's a case against the simples and about it. Um, if you are a simple person, then a simple person would be more relegated to kind of having these arguments and comments and social media, talking about things that don't have any type of bearing over your liberties and over the semblance of freedom that we do have remaining, this is a time to focus. And so, again, what Reese talked about is all of that energy that people put towards um, fighting and talking about um, the 55, I believe it is, members of the Congressional Black Caucus. People talk about folks that are doing the unsexy, behind-the-scenes work as legislators to ensure that there is a voice at the table that is representative of black folks, their constituencies, working class, poor, ooh, all of that, to actually put that energy into, as we've been talking about for quite some time here on of Martin on Filter, get your voting plan together, because what you're not gonna hear in the further conversation is Raphael Edward Cruz, AKA Ted Cruz, who was mm-hmm. born political asylum here in the United States from Cuba, you're not going to hear about the late John McCain that was born in Panama. But you will hear it around black and um, folks. So honestly, people need to step away from the conversation, calling into question who Kamala Harris is. She's a black woman, damn it. She has led on the executive level. Anything you need to know about comprehensively, comprehensively around Senator Kamala Harris, go see Reesey. Go to her Twitter page. She has lay out these really simple conversations where people are trying to wax poetic about what they don't know about listen if you want to have some semblance of what remains of this democracy come november 4th get your voting plan together shut the hell up with the silly simple talk that gets you nowhere that does not get us closer to actually having a national strategy to actually paving the way into making some real inroads around these uh, different crises that we have going on as we saw in the
2: Biden-Harris press conference this afternoon and get ready to vote, period. Greg, this, and, and, and Greg, and I really need people listening to understand. First of all, first of all, Greg. we got right now, we got, you know, it's uh, we about to hit 7,000 uh, on, uh, on YouTube. We almost got 2,000 on Facebook. But here's the deal. And, and I, I did an interview earlier today. The big problem we also facing with right now, and I'm and, and, and just, y- y'all, for the, those of y'all who got kids watching, I'm giving you a warning in advance. <laughs> the fundamental problem is, we're being fed
7: too much bullshit from black men. What are the two? most difficult things that people struggle with in e-commerce. I'll tell you right now, I've been in the industry for four years. I have helped students generate over $50 million in sales. The two things that people struggle with the most is finding the right product and then of course selling it. How do you run the ads? How do you get that going, right? What is that skill? How long does it take to build? How much money does it cost? I myself have spent over $10 million on Facebook ads over the past four years. I've learned a lot along the way. Right now, my advertising agency has helped a lot of people get really cool results like these. I'll throw it up. Yes, I know I'm in my car right now. currently traveling. Anyways, what we're offering right now is a really cool service where we do those two difficult things. We do the product research for you. We test, 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 find that winning product for you, and then we run all the ads. Every single day, every single week, every single month, you have zero time involvement. And that's the best part. It's automated. So all you got to do to get more information about this, my team will be in touch, is by filling out the short application below to learn more about what it is we're doing and how we can help you start and scale. Hey guys, it's Tiffany Rose
6: of Hollywood Hair Bar, the number one regrowth serum on the market. First, I just wanted to come to you and tell you a little bit about our brand, tell you a little bit about my background, as well as what's going on out here in La La Land. Now first and foremost, you know normally when you purchase a product, especially a beauty product, it doesn't work. Most hair regrowth products on the market are not natural. Our product works very fast. The thing that's different about Hollywood Hair Bar is that it works. I want to stress that. Oh. Oh, that's what
8: we're trying to ask you, Kayleigh. Why should we apologize yes. about
9: that? I'm not going to answer a question a six time. Mario, I'm going to an Mario, That's go it. ahead. Kylie, I'm the... And with that, I'll take questions.
10: I want to ask you just a couple questions. The first one, why is the president so supportive of flying the Confederate flag?
9: So I think you're referring to a tweet this morning. Is that right? Right. Well, I think you're mischaracterizing the tweet. Uh, The tweet was aimed at pointing out that the FBI report of the alleged hate crime uh, at NASCAR uh, concluded that the garage door pull, which had been there since last fall, um, was obviously not targeted at a specific individual because, um, in fact, it was a garage pool, and in fact, uh, it was there since last fall, uh, long before these 43 teams arrived. Uh, And it was concluded by the FBI that this was, quote, not an intentional racist act.
10: For clarity, I'm asking you about the Confederate flags. My question is, why is the President so supportive of flying the Confederate flag?
9: The President never said that. Again, you're taking his tweet completely out of context.
10: The President said that NASCAR saw bad ratings because they took down the Confederate flag, banned the Confederate flag. Does he believe NASCAR should fly the Confederate flag, and why don't they fly it here?
9: The whole point of the tweet was to note uh, the incident, the alleged hate crime that, in fact, was not a hate crime. At the very end, uh, the ban on the flag was mentioned, and the broader context of the fact that uh, he rejects this notion that somehow NASCAR men and women who go to these sporting events are racist, uh, when in fact, as it turns out, uh, what we saw with the FBI report in the alleged incident of a hate crime, it was a complete indictment of the media's rush to judgment once again, calling this a hate crime when the FBI completely dismissed that. Let me ask John Kelly, to
10: follow up on Peter's question... What is the president's position? Does he think NASCAR made a mistake by banning the Confederate flag?
9: So he said, he, I spoke to him this morning about this, and he said he was not making a judgment one way or the other. Uh, the intent of the tweet was to um, stand up for the men and women of NASCAR and the fans and uh, those who have gone in this rush to judgment of the media to call something a hate crime when, in fact, the FBI report concluded this was not an intentional racist act. Uh, and it very much mirrors other times when there have been a rush to judgment, let's say, with the Covington boys or with Jesse Smollett.
7: But, but let's, let's drill down the
10: on the Confederate flag. Does he think it was a mistake for NASCAR to ban
11: it?
9: The president said he wasn't making a judgment one way or the other. You're focusing on one word at the very bottom of a tweet that's completely taking out of context and neglecting the complete rush to judgment uh, The ratings
10: are down because they banned the flag. That's what
9: he said. Uh, The president was noting the fact that in aggregate, this notion that NASCAR men and women uh, who have gone and who are being demeaned and called racist and being accused in in some venues of committing a hate crime against an individual, uh, those allegations were just dead wrong. Yes. Why is
11: it Bobo Wallace's
9: responsibility to apologize for an investigation into a
11: news that he didn't report and he never even saw? It was NASCAR that found this, that reported this, and even the FBI referred to it as a news, even if they said it wasn't a specific crime against Mr. Wallace. Why is the president even suggesting that Mr. Wallace should apologize? Well,
9: look, the FBI, as I noted, concluded uh, that this was not a hate crime, uh, and he believes it'd go a long way if, um, if Bubba came out and acknowledged that as well. Yes. This was not yes. a hate it, crime it as you, noted it's, it's by the FBI. So
11: that, that the FBI found the this was not intentional.
9: Why, why is the he things, addressing this at Mr. Wallace? So one of the things that's... The one of, this is where the president comes from, and this is where the president stands, and he actually... Um, hinted at this in his July 4th speech. Uh, to those in the media who falsely and consistently label their opponents as racist, who condemn patriotic citizens, who offer a clear and truthful defense of American unity, we want a clear and faithful defense of American history and unity. And when you level false charges, you not only slander me, you slander the American people. He believes yes the American not. people it was are good. Uh, in the and allegations news. and the, the rush to judgment with president. Jesse Smollett, uh, in the Bubba Wallace case, and with the Covington Catholic boys, uh, we shouldn't be so quick to jump onto those narratives. Those are just You're three examples of those that have been proven false. That
11: yes. Was a of a hate crime? Yes. With regard to
8: the president's reference about the 99 percent being uh, harmless, does does the president worry at all that by downplaying the severity of the virus, that it will lead Americans to be less
9: careful? The president isn't downplaying the severity of the virus. Uh, What the president's noting is that um, at the height of this pandemic, we were at 2,500 deaths per day. We are now at a place where on July 4th, there were 254, that's a tenfold decrease in mortality on July 5th, Um, 209 individuals, uh, down 23% from last Sunday and the lowest Sunday since March 28th. The president's made clear, we grieve when just one life is lost, Uh, but he wants to note the progress that we've made um, in treating this very serious virus. When we have therapeutics like convalescent plasma, remdesivir, dexamethasone, um, convalescent plasma in particular was spearheaded by this administration, um, he's used, he's pulled down bureaucracy and allowed us to get to a place where we can have this declining mortality rate. Just to follow up on the NASCAR
8: thing, you were saying that we're taking the tweet out of context, but this is what he tweeted. He says, has Matt Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax? That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. How how are we misinterpreting that?
9: I've explained to you. This is, I guess, the fourth attempt, but we'll try it again. Uh, in aggregate, what he was pointing out is this rush to judgment uh, to immediately say that there is a. As happened in this case, as happened with Jesse Smollett, as happened with the Covington Catholic boys. In an aggregate, those actions uh, made it seem like NASCAR men and women were racist individuals who were roving around and engaging in a hate crime. The president's intent was to say no. Most American people are good, hardworking people. I mean, we should not have this rush to judgment, knee-jerk reaction, before the facts come out, the FBI did their job and determined there was no hate crime. Mario.
8: Hold on, hold on. Just the one thing that wasn't clear in your response, and that's why I asked about it again, and it follows up on Paula's question, is why should Mr. Wallace have to apologize for that when... His whole team and all of these colleagues came around him to show some more.
9: Yeah, that's the best of America is coming around when the media alleged a hate crime, uh, coming around and supporting Bubba Wallace as uh, they should have done. I think that shows how loving NASCAR fans are uh, and the fellow drivers. But I think it's important that we point out the fact that there was no hate crime. The FBI concluded that. um, President Trump was merely saying that Mr. Wallace should agree with that consensus. Yes, yes. Mario. He's saying he yes.
8: apologize. That's what we're trying to ask you, Kayleigh really, why should Mario, you have to apologize yes. about
9: that? I'm not going to answer a question a sixth time. Mario, asked it, you have an answer.
10: Mario, go
8: ahead. Kaylee, on the Confederate
2: part. Why would the president not praise nascar for removing the confederate flag particularly given uh, the history of that flag the symbol that it has for african-americans and also what it represents in terms of just the the treasonous acts and the insurrection against the republic so why would you not praise
12: them for taking that down even if it's a rating 10?
9: the president uh...
12: i'm asking you to make a donation right now before the official fec deadline and if you do it will be triple matched Experts from Nate Silver's 538 to the Cook Political Report all agree, Democrats can take back the Senate. We're really doing well. But if we miss out this goal, we won't be able to do it. We're already so close towards meeting our goal, but we can't leave anything to chance. Every dollar you give from now until the official FEC deadline will be triple matched so we can flip the Senate and ditch Mitch. Please, donate right now.
13: all the disturbing things going on in the world right now. Are you feeling fear or prepared? Hi, I'm Frank Mitchell, a proud member of the U.S. Armed Forces and a certified disaster and survival expert. After over 20 years in the Armed Forces, 60 FEMA certifications, and hundreds of hours of survival and evasion training, I've learned a
0: Happy and healthy, especially always. That's trying- um, great effects my back.
9: when Americans are knee jerk reaction summed up as racist. And in not you about picture being painted. I right. so uh, hear in this, this little incident, dumb white thing, to be that there
0: was that suggestion there when in fact, uh, what we're across the I don't is this understand his daughter
9: where we're going no, to no. tear down our monuments, uh, we're going to tear down Gandhi, Hang we're going to tear down. Uh, George Washington. Hey, We're going to tear down Lincoln. Uh, it's Donald really quite appalling started? what we've seen happen across the country and uh, oh, the president wants up. no part in cancel or he wants no him. Uh, a- so this is
0: how we do it these days. Who is who is Kaylee McKinney? My bad. Who is Kaylee McKinney?
9: According to Wikipedia, Kayleigh McEnany, born April 18, 1988, is an American political commentator, lawyer, and author who is the current White House press secretary.
0: Okay. 1988. Wasn't that yesterday? What the fuck? <laughs>
8: Mario.
9: I yes. About that. I'm not going to answer a question a sixth time. Mario. <laughs> Mario, go
10: ahead.
9: And with that, I'll take questions.
10: want to ask you a couple questions. The first one: Why is the president so supportive of flying the Confederate flag?
9: So I think you're referring to a tweet this morning, is that right? right. Well, I think you're mischaracterizing the tweet. Uh, the tweet was aimed at pointing out that the FBI report of the alleged hate crime uh, at NASCAR uh, concluded that the garage door pull, uh, which had been there since last fall, um, was obviously not targeted at a specific individual because um, in fact it was a garage pool and in fact uh, it was there since last fall uh, long before these 43 teams arrived Uh, and it was concluded by the FBI that this was quote not an intentional racist act.
10: I'm asking you about the Confederate flags. My question is, why is the President so supportive of flying the Confederate flag?
9: The President never said that. Again, you're taking his tweet completely out of context.
10: The President said that NASCAR saw bad ratings because they took down the Confederate flag, banned the Confederate flag. Does he believe NASCAR should fly the Confederate flag, and why don't they fly it here?
9: The whole point of the tweet was to note uh, the incident, the alleged hate crime that, in fact, was not a hate crime. At the very end, uh, the ban on the flag was mentioned, and the broader context of the fact that uh, he rejects this notion that somehow NASCAR men and women who go to these sporting events are racist, uh, when in fact, as it turns out, uh, what we saw with the FBI report in the alleged incident of a hate crime, it was a complete indictment of the media's rush to judgment once again, calling this a hate crime when the FBI completely dismissed that. Let me ask John
10: Kelly, to follow up on Peter's question... What is the president's position? Does he think NASCAR made a mistake by banning the Confederate flag?
9: So he said, he. I spoke to him this morning about this, and he said he was not making a judgment one way or the other. Uh, the intent of the tweet was to um, stand up for the men and women of NASCAR and the fans and uh, those who have gone in this rush to judgment of the media to call something a hate crime when, in fact, the FBI report concluded this was not an intentional racist act. Uh, and it very much mirrors other times when there have been a rush to judgment, let's say, with the Covington boys or With Jesse
7: Smollett. Let's let's drill down on, on the Confederate
10: flag. Does he think it was a mistake for NASCAR to?
9: The president said he wasn't making a judgment one way or the other. You're focusing on one word at the very bottom of a tweet that's completely taking out of context and neglecting the complete rush to judgment he uh, Our on this. The ratings
10: are down because they banned the flag. That's what he
9: said. Uh, the president was noting the fact that in aggregate, this notion that NASCAR men and women uh, who have gone and who are being demeaned and called racist and being accused in, in some venues of committing a hate crime against an individual, uh, those allegations were just dead wrong. Yes. Why is
11: it Bubble Wallace's
9: responsibility to apologize for an investigation into a news that he didn't
11: report and he never even saw? It was NASCAR that found this, that reported this, and even the FBI referred to it as a news, even if they said it wasn't. A specific crime against Mr. Wallace.
9: Why is the president even suggesting that Mr. Wallace should apologize? Well, look, the FBI, as I noted, concluded uh, that this was not a hate crime, uh, and he believes it go a long way if, um, if Bubba came out and acknowledged that as well. This was not a hate it, crime, it as noted it by it's the been FBI. Very clear so
11: that, that the FBI found the this was not intentional. Why, why is the he suggesting Mr. Wallace?
9: So one of the things that's one of, this is where the president comes from, and this is where the president stands, and he actually um, hinted at this in his July 4th speech. Uh, to those in the media who falsely and consistently label their opponents as racist, who condemn patriotic citizens, who offer a clear and truthful defense of American unity, we want a clear and faithful defense of American history and unity, and when you level false charges... You not only slander me, you slander the American people. He believes yes, the American it people are good. Uh, in, aliens, the news, in the allegations and the FBI rush to judgment with news. Jesse Smollett, uh, in the Bubba Wallace case and with the Covington Catholic boys, uh, we shouldn't be so quick to jump onto those narratives. Those are just yes, three examples of those that have been proven false. The
11: that yes. he was possibly the victim of a hate crime? Yes. With
9: regard to the president's reference
8: about the 99% being uh, harmless, does... Does the president worry at all that by downplaying the severity of the virus that it will lead Americans to be less careful?
9: The president isn't downplaying the severity of the virus. Uh, What the president's noting is that um, at the height of this pandemic, we were at 2,500 deaths per day. We are now at a place where on July 4th, there were 254, that's a tenfold decrease in mortality on July 5th, Um, 209 individuals, uh, down 23% from last Sunday and the lowest Sunday since March 28th. The president's made clear, we grieve when just one life is lost, Uh, but he wants to note the progress that we've made um, in treating this very serious virus. When we have therapeutics like convalescent plasma, remdesivir, dexamethasone, um, convalescent plasma in particular was spearheaded by this administration, um, he's used, he's pulled down bureaucracy and allowed us to get to a place where we can have this declining mortality rate.
8: Just to follow up on the NASCAR thing, you were saying that we're taking the tweet out of context, but this is what he tweeted. He says, has Matt Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax? that and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. How how are we misinterpreting that?
9: I've explained to you, this is, I guess, the fourth attempt, but we'll try it again. Uh, in aggregate, what he was pointing out is this rush to judgment uh, to immediately say that there As happened in this case, as happened with Jesse Smollett, as happened with the Covington Catholic boys. In an aggregate, those actions uh, made it seem like NASCAR men and women were racist individuals who were roving around and engaging in a hate crime. The president's intent was to say, no, most American people are good, hardworking people. I mean, we should not have this rush to judgment, knee-jerk reaction before the facts come out. The FBI did their job and determined there was no hate crime. Yes, just sorry. The
8: one, the one, hold on, hold on. Just the one thing that wasn't clear in your response, and that's why I asked about it again, and it follows up on Paula's question, is why should Mr. Wallace have to apologize for that when... His whole team and all of these colleagues came around him to show support.
9: Yeah, and that's the best of America is coming around when the media alleged a hate crime, uh, coming around and supporting Bubba Wallace as uh, they should have done. I think that shows how loving NASCAR fans are uh, and the fellow drivers. But I think it's important that we point out the fact that there was no hate crime. The FBI concluded that. And... President Trump was merely saying that Mr. Wallace should agree with that consensus. Yes, Mario. He's saying he's Mario, yes. Apologize.
8: That's what we're trying to ask you, Kaylee. Why should Mario he have to apologize yes.
10: about
9: that? I'm not going to answer a question a sixth time, Mario. Mario, go ahead.
10: Kaylee, on the Confederate part. Why
2: would the president? not praise nascar for removing the confederate flag particularly given uh, the history of that flag the symbol that it has for african americans and also what it represents in terms of just the the treasonous acts and the
12: insurrection against the republic so
9: why would you not
12: praise them for taking that down even if it's a rating team?
9: the president uh...
12: i'm asking you to make a donation right now before the official fec deadline and if you do it will be triple matched Experts from Nate Silver's 538 to the Cook Political Report all agree, Democrats can take back the Senate. We're really doing well. But if we miss out this goal, we won't be able to do it. We're already so close towards meeting our goal, but we can't leave anything to chance. Every dollar you give from now until the official FEC deadline will be triple matched so we can flip the Senate and ditch Mitch. Please, donate right now.
13: disturbing things going on in the world right now. Are you feeling fear or prepared? Hi, I'm Frank Mitchell, a proud member of the U.S. Armed Forces and a certified disaster and survival expert. After over 20 years in the Armed Forces, 60 FEMA certifications, and hundreds of hours of survival and evasion training, I've learned a thing or two.
9: Family
0: safe, happy, and healthy, especially well, these always. That's um, great. Effects my best
9: when Americans are knee jerk reaction summed up as racist. And in our
0: culture being painted, I so hear uh, this, here is this, this little incident. I seem to be that there was that suggestion there when in Diamond Club on uh, the are I don't is this understand. Vast wait, is this is that's what Where we're going oh, no. to tear down our monuments, uh, we're
9: going to tear down Gandhi, Hold we're no. going to tear down. Uh, George Washington, Kayleigh we're King. going to tear down Lincoln. Uh, it's really quite so appalling started? what we've seen happen across the country. And uh, oh, the president wants up. no part in canceling. He wants no part. Uh, and down a-
0: so, this is how we do it these days. Who is, who is Kaylee McKenney? My bad. Who is Kaylee McKinney?
9: According to Wikipedia, Kaylee McEnany, born April 18, 1988, is an American political commentator, lawyer, and author who is the current White House press secretary.
0: Okay. 1988. Wasn't that yesterday? What the fuck?
4: and jokes. Well, guys, this morning, President Trump called into Fox Business and spent the majority of the that. interview attacking different women. Listen to this. What
3: is your reaction to Kamala Harris? Now
4: you have a uh, sort of a mad woman. I, I call her. AOC hey, oh, she was a poor student.
3: This is not even
4: a smart person. I mean, she goes out and she she uh, yaps. Nancy Pelosi is stone-cold crazy. Yeah. Looks like someone woke up on the wrong side of the my pillow. <laughs> mad woman not smart and stone cold crazy yeah he's tough on the phone but if you really had guts he'd say all that on the view <laughs> and just to drop a cherry on top of the misogyny Sunday, trump also sent a tweet calling morning joe's mika brzezinski a ditzy airhead Seriously, if if you had a coworker who came in and said that kind of stuff about women, they wouldn't be your coworker by the end of the day. It's like, all right, I've insulted everyone here. I'm just gonna get my coat, see myself out. At this point, our best shot at Trump attacking COVID is someone telling him the virus ovulates. Oh. <laughs> If the election doesn't work out, Trump can always get a job as the worst Hallmark card writer ever. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to my suburban housewife. Please don't become a stone-cold, crazy, ditzy madwoman who goes out and yaps. <laughs> right now, AOC is like, I double majored in economics and international relations. You double majored in elephants and lunch. <laughs> well, despite all of that, the president's campaign now has a Women for Trump bus that travel- that's traveling the country. Look at this thing. Fun fact, that's actually the old Access Hollywood (laughs) bus. Meanwhile, the Wienermobile saw that and was like, well, hello. (laughs) Also in his interview, Trump discussed how Democrats want funding for the Postal Service. He said something kind of alarming. Listen to this. They want 25... billion dollars, billion, for the post office. Now they need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. If we don't make a deal, that means they don't get the money. That means they can't have universal mail-in voting. They just can't have it. Okay. He just admitted that he's not agreeing to a deal to fund the postal service because he doesn't want mail-in voting to be possible for the election. Trump's like one of those movie villains who spends so much time explaining his plan out loud that the good guy manages to shimmy out of his handcuffs. First I'm gonna take your body and I'm gonna put you in the piranha tank. Then I'm gonna get a buzz saw, and the buzz saw's slowly gonna come right, right down the mid- He's gone. Postal workers were like, how much less funding can you give us? We don't even have pants. No one is happy about this. Millions of Americans wrote Trump angry letters about it, but he was like, weird, I didn't get anything. (laughs) But this is nice. Uh, When he found out Trump was meddling in the election himself, Putin was like, they grow up so fast. (laughs) Speaking of the election, after Joe Biden announced that Kamala Harris was his VP pick, the Trump campaign was quick to release an official statement. It seems like they can't make up their mind about how to criticize her. Check out this ad. Hey, progressives, do you really want Kamala tough on Crime Harris as your VP? We didn't think
13: so. And hey, moderates, do you really want Kamala not tough enough on Crime Harris as your VP? We didn't think so either. Look, here's the truth. Kamala Harris is
4: a radical. Sorry if that triggers you. But at the very same time, she's not nearly radical enough. Double-triggered much? Kamala loves unicorns, but she hates horses with horns growing out of their head. She thinks kittens are cute, but she thinks that baby cats are overrated. She is the yin and she is the yang. She is anti and she is pro. She
10: is yes and she is no. She is
4: boring and she is yowza too spicy. Bottom line, Kamala Harris is too extreme and or not extreme enough. This ad brought to you by the Trump campaign for non-self-conflicting messages hard to understand well even though trump's spending his time calling into fox i'm sure his administration is focused on the important issues facing our nation right
5: the trump administration wants to change the definition of a shower head to let more water flow president trump talked about the need to keep his hair perfect and complained multiple times that he was not getting wet enough <laughs>
2: uh, no, no, no. <laughs> If
0: First you knew of all, about Donald
4: Trump's hair, Trump you know why shower. that
0: was funny. Um, exactly. Even it's
4: more upsetting, he took our top scientists off vaccine research and put them on this. It's not getting wet enough in the shower. <laughs> Meanwhile, Americans were like, shower heads, we haven't bathed in five months. Right. Let's get some business news as movie theaters across the country attempt to reopen. AMC has come up with a way to bring customers back. Listen to
13: this. AMC has announced that it is reopening its theaters next week, and tickets will be just 15 cents on reopening day.
4: <laughs> yep. For 15 cents, you can spend two hours in full Get panic, panic wondering if it was worth it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that doing this? And nickel. Yeah, I got to. When they that old, old people are like, we're going to go to the bed because it only causes a dime. The original what? Nick, the Nickelodeon. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. You go, wow, is this worth it? Should I be? All it takes is one person to go, okay, I'm out. Okay, I'm, out. I'm, out. I'm, good. I'm good. What am I doing? <laughs> And more serious news uh, So that Pringles is now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the Pringles is now selling a chip That tastes like a Wendy's Baconator And they they want people to dip them in Frosties In their milkshakes Uh, Take a look at these things Yeah, They're actually uh, trying out some new slogans
8: Check it out
4: First there's a personal pandemic for your insides (laughs) Next there's Honestly, it's probably safer to swallow the can. Uh, Then there's, they don't expire because they were never okay to begin with. Next there's, just try not to think about how weird of a couple Mr. Pringle and Wendy are. And finally, once you pop, your heart will stop. Just be careful when you're... Uh, And finally, this is going viral. This skinny house in Illinois was just sold for $260,000, check this thing out, look at this. Wow. Look at that. It's Very thin house,
0: again. but it sure is pretty.
4: Yeah. It's a skinny house, yeah. When you put your mail through the front slot, it just flies out the back. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: that house is the only thing in America that stayed skinny during quarantine. Am I fat? yeah the size of the house During is
0: just quarantine, wide, he's stupid. Or as
4: New Yorkers call that, a palace.
11: Oh, ah. dude.